This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Last week, we uh, kicked off a, a series. It's going to go for a few weeks. Uh, just on the subject matter of prayer, um, it's entitled, God Needs You to Pray. Um, how many of you got involved in our uh, 714, 2 Chronicles 714 prayer challenge just last week? Let me see your hand at all the campuses. Yes, many of you, not all of you, uh, but, but I got some good news. We're going to do this for another week, and here's the challenge. If you wasn't here last week, wow, you know, I think... Uh, Man, I got saved at that service. It really ministered to me. And uh, we just talked about the importance of prayer and, 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 and showed you what the Bible uh, says concerning when you pray, that there are prayer bowls in heaven. And when you pray here on earth, it's like incense that goes up into heaven. The angels collect those prayers and put them in a bowl and brings them before God. It's just amazing. You can get that service free of charge on you know, the podcast and and, uh, but we, we gave a challenge out, and it's in reference to Second Chronicles 7.14. It says this, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways. I like this. Uh, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their, their land. Notice it says, if my people, if my people, and then it goes, then will I hear from heaven. This is God speaking. In fact, what's really interesting, I didn't teach on this last week, but the the verses previous to this, God God tells Solomon, he says, hey, when things aren't working in your life, when your finances suck, when, when, when your relationships are not going well, here's what you need to do, pray. That's, that's, that's powerful. That, that, that means we all should be praying, right? Because life could be better, right? But here's, here's what we need to understand. God doesn't do the then if we're not willing to do the if. If God's people will pray. This, this is the answer to our nation. It's the answer to the ugliness, the bitterness, the hatred, um, the racism. It's the, answer, it's the answer to our nation. We don't need just more marches. We need God's people, the church, to do the then. And if we'll do the then, then God promises to do the the. The, uh, if we'll do the if, then God will do the then. Then he'll bring healing. And so we just did this last week and uh, didn't say much about it, but what was so cool, and we asked you at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m., just, just using technology that, that we all use today, we all have alarms, right, or push notifications, and you can set your, your, your technology to let you know 7.14 a.m., 7.14 p.m., and whenever that alarm goes off, just take a moment. We're not asking you to pray for five hours. Just take a minute, maybe quote the verse. That's what I do. My people are called by my name. I say, God, I'm doing the if, and I'm believing and trusting you're going to do the then. God, I'm praying, and I'm believing that you're healing. And uh, what would that look like if everybody got serious and we did this collectively? Now, here's what's really cool. It's, it's last week. I'd already been doing this a week by myself. Last week when we started, I, I, man, I was just so moved as 714 came around knowing that there could possibly be hundreds of people at that moment all over, all over Fresno and Clovis and Madeira, and they all just stopped what they were doing, and for that moment, they prayed. I, I'm going to ask you to do this for one more week. If you have not done that, you, you ought to do that because 
because this is how we get healing into our, our land, our lives, our families, our finances. Uh, if you want God to answer prayer, then prayers have to be prayed. That's what we taught uh, last week. God doesn't answer prayers that are not prayed. He says, you have not because you ask not. And so I'm believing that maybe even, maybe, maybe, maybe 1,000 people this week at all of our campuses, who know, what would that look like? I, I wonder if God would really, I, I mean, you know, I, I know it's, I know, maybe, I wonder if God would, I wonder if God would do what he said. I wonder if God would bring healing to our lives. I really do believe it. And so here's what we're doing. I'm going to encourage you, get, get it out there on social media. Use all your social form, uh, platforms. And I think they're doing uh, hashtag 714 prayer challenge. Hashtag 714 prayer challenge. We're going to come back next Sunday on the conclusion of that. And I just really believe God's going to show up and do some awesome things. How many of you with us on that? Anybody here in Clovis, Madeira, Fresno? Come on, let me see your hands. I want to see, are you with us? All right. We got four people over here in Clovis. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hundreds of people over here in Clovis. Sometimes we ask you to do, you, some of you wouldn't do nothing if we, even if we begged you. You want to lift your hand. I really do. But even if you didn't lift your hands, I do believe you're going to do it. Part two. Here we go. Part two of uh, this new series entitled, God Needs You to Pray. Well, I think we ought to pray before we start, right? God, thank you today for your help. Thank you, Lord, that I speak. It's a mouthpiece from heaven. I thank you, Lord, that you know every situation, every circumstance, every person in all of our campuses. And God, it is my prayer. It is my prayer that we can help people today, that you would use me in a powerful way to bring change in people's lives. Give us focus, laser-like focus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to start with this verse today in Psalms 141, verses 1 through 2. It says, uh, O Lord, I cried out to you. This is actually David speaking here. He says, I cried out to you. Notice what he says. Let my prayer, he's praying, let my prayer be accepted as sweet-smelling incense in your presence. Let my prayer be accepted as sweet-smelling incense. I, I, I need involvement. I need engagement. I'm a preacher, pastor. When I speak, I love to know the people are there with me. So would you uh, uh, shout out loud at all of our campuses, shout prayer. prayer. Come on, shout it again. Shout prayer. prayer. Okay, shout incense. incense. Shout incense. We're going somewhere with those two words today, prayer and incense. Um, several years ago, when we had just started the church in the 90s, uh, I think about a couple years in, I was driving, I'll never forget, I was driving my car down Shaw Avenue. I could show you specifically where I was. When all of a sudden I received a phone call and it was my it was my brother. That was pretty normal. It wasn't out of the ordinary. We talked every couple of days. My brother, he's older than me. And, uh, and he was also in ministry at that time. He was a worship pastor there in Colorado. And so 
he was calling me, and I just thought it was just an everyday, ordinary conversation. He called me, and I could tell immediately when I answered the phone that things weren't quite right. And uh, he proceeded to tell me that he had just been to the doctor. He had been trying to, he was fighting with some cold symptoms and some other things and just couldn't get over it. And so uh, he went to the doctor and then they did a battery of, of tests. And this particular day, he went back to receive those tests and, and the doctor gave him some horrific, horrible news that he had cancer and that he had leukemia. And, uh, and so he called me in that moment and I, it felt like my world stopped. It felt like somebody pushed the pause button on Shaw Avenue, I pulled over to the side of the road and we talked for quite a while and we prayed and we cried and, and then we kind of got our game plan. Hey, we're going we're gonna to fight. We're going to believe. We're, we're, we, you know, we were raised that way. We, we've, we've seen miracles. I mean, God so many other times had preserved his life already. It saved his life in so many different situations that I could talk about. And so we got a game plan and you know, he was determined to believe God and pray, and he knew that God is a God who heals and a God that answers prayer, and, and uh, we prayed, and, and over the next several years, we would, you know, talk every other day or so and uh, just pray and believe God. I would go out there and spend time with him and, and, uh, and, and just standing on the Word of God, praying and believing, and then I'll never forget that week. That week when everything changed and uh, he went into the hospital and uh, we spent that week by his bedside praying, believing, seeking God, crying out to God. And then that moment came where, where his eyes wide open as that angel from heaven ascended into that room and took him to heaven. Uh, I can remember at that moment um, that, wow, this is not what I was expecting. I, I can remember walking out of that hospital room a little stunned, like, man, this is an answered prayer. We prayed, and what in the world happened here? And I remember walking down the hallway with my wife, and and we ran into another pastor who was much more mature, much older, much more seasoned. And I remember him stopping us and, and uh, speaking into our life in that moment. And he said this. I'll never forget the words. He said, Randy, he says, you need to protect your heart. And here's what he said that has stayed with me ever since. He said, God didn't let you down. God didn't let you down. Have you ever struggled with unanswered prayer? Uh, maybe you're here today and you feel like God isn't answering your prayers like you really want him to. Uh, I heard someone once say, how long am I supposed to pray if God continues to ignore me? I think the reality is we was really real. I think some of us really do feel like, man, I pray. But, but, yeah, I feel like God kind of ignores me. Here's another question. Have you given up on prayer because you prayed and you didn't get the answer you wanted? I think all of us in all of our locations have probably experienced that. If you have any kind of prayer life uh, whatsoever, 
In the earlier services, I, I uh, dealt with 12 reasons because here's what I wanted the people to know is the, the Bible's not silent on this subject matter. In fact, the Bible has a whole lot to say about why prayers are not answered. Um, and I actually gave 12 reasons in the, uh, uh, the earlier service that the Bible outlines. There's actually more than that. And uh, I, I'm not going to, because of... Uh, where we're going this morning in this service, I'm not going to be repeating that aspect of the teaching, but you can go on the podcast hopefully later in the week and actually hear that aspect of, of teaching. But what I want to do today is, uh, is I want you to see this and understand this truth. If prayer for you is only about getting the answer then you have missed the real value of prayer. Now, now please, at all the campuses, you need to hear me correctly. You need to hear me right because I am a praying machine and God answers prayer. But for so many of us who have prayed, we feel like sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer. And this is what I, again, want you to see today. If prayer for you is only about getting answers, then you have really missed the real value of prayer. In Mark 11, verse 25, here, here's, what, here's, what, here's what Jesus said. He says, and when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. I think we, we have made it that, haven't we? Prayer's about getting something from God. Um, You see, prayer is really ultimately about relationship. It's about connecting with God that strengthens you and empowers you. Jesus is very clear about this when he even gives an outline for prayer. Remember, he starts off and he says, just get, 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 get. No, that isn't how he said it. He said, he says, pray this way. Start out by worshiping. He says, pray this, since my father who art in, has nothing to do about trying to get anything. My father who art in him, hallowed be thy, thy name. Uh, I like it because Jesus says here that the prayer is not all about asking. The prayer truly is about connecting to a God that loves you and cares about you that wants to strengthen you and empower you. Notice what James 5.16 says. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, notice, makes tremendous power available. Now, I want you to notice here, it didn't say answers available. It said power available. Now, that power will result in answers, but that power will result in many other things that I think sometimes we are ignorant too. There is a power that comes when God's people choose to pray. I want you to think about this. What if the answer to prayer isn't the only purpose of prayer? I'm just here today at all the campuses trying to help somebody that feels like you've hit a roadblock because you don't think God is answering your Prayers, But what if, what if the answer to prayer is not the only purpose of prayer? What if there is 
another perspective of prayer that could help us to see maybe the broader value of prayer. And this is what I want you to see today in this service at all of our campuses. You see, hear it. There is a physical and emotional health that you actually tap into through prayer that may be more valuable to you than the answer itself. I want to say that again because I believe that's a really important statement in the context of prayer. There is a physical and an emotional health that you tap into through prayer that may be more valuable than the answer itself. The psalmist said here, David said here in Psalms 141, again, he said, Oh, Lord, I cried out to you. Let my prayer be accepted as sweet-smelling incense in your presence. Now, in the modern-day church, <laughs> we don't know anything about that. We're clueless. We read that and oh, that's awesome, and go on with life. But throughout the Bible, incense, hear it, and we found out this last week, Incense is a symbol of prayer. Where you see incense in the Bible, it is a type and shadow of prayer. In fact, incense in the Bible had profound implications. In fact, in Exodus chapter 30, what I'm getting ready to share with you, you can actually find all right there in Exodus chapter 30. And in those chapters, God asked Moses to build a tabernacle. This is after... Moses has led a few million people out of slavery, out of Egypt, and now they are in the wilderness. And God speaks to Moses about building a tabernacle where God's presence could dwell with them, where they could have worship-like services, where they, the presence of God could dwell with them right there in the desert. Now, in that tabernacle, God asked Moses to build several types of furniture. Uh, Moses was also asked to build what, what was called, as far as the furniture, God asked him to build what was called the altar of incense, among the other uh, pieces of furniture that he asked him to build. He asked him to build an altar of incense. In Exodus there, you'll find out that God gave uh, the, the blueprint of how that altar was to look. And on the altar of incense, remember incense meaning prayer, on the altar of incense, the priests were required in the tabernacle of that day to burn incense uh, both night and day. That, that incense was to be burning on that altar 24-7. Incense was, is, 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 uh, is, is like a perfume. It, actually, again, in Exodus... God gave four specific ingredients for their incense. It was a God-ordained perfume that the, that the priests were to put together, and they were to burn that incense on the coals of that incense altar, and, and that perfume was to fill that whole area of the tabernacle. Now, I know that's a whole lot of stuff, and you didn't come to church for all that, but th this is important, and I'm going somewhere. In fact, I don't want you to miss what I've just said. So, so I've got a few slides here and a few images and pictures that will really help us to understand where we're going. And I'm not going to be long, so if you're going to get anything out of this service, you're going to have to jump in right now. 
Uh, here's, here's the tabernacle that God told Moses to, to build. You have what is called the outer court. You have the inner court that was separated by uh, a tent. And then you have the holies of holies. Most of us know that from the movies, the Ark of the Covenant, right? We know all that. So, so, but we've got the, the outer court here. Here you have a, an altar of sacrifice where they would sacrifice the animals. And then you would have a laver where they would clean, clean things, clean themselves and clean the meat and all that. And then you went inside the tent here and you had a golden lampstand uh, that, that gave light into the, the tabernacle here. And then you had the table of showbread. It had 12 different loaves of, of bread on that table of showbread, representing the 12 tribes that were encamped. In a moment, you'll see that the 12 tribes that were encamped around about this tabernacle. Now, here's the part that I want you to see. Is in this, here's another piece of furniture. They had the altar of incense. And again, on that altar, incense, a, 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 a specific um, specific incense that God had directed them to make out of four different ingredients would burn on this altar of incense, releasing a perfume, a sweet-smelling aroma in this tabernacle area. And then you had the holies of holies. And at certain times, they would take the incense into the holies of holies. Here's, here's, a, here's a priest that is actually uh, just an image here. Here's a priest with the altar of incense, the incense is, is burning, the, the, the smoke, the sweet-smelling aroma, the perfume that is filling this whole tabernacle. And here he has a censer that he could take actually the, the, the stuff off the altar. He could take the, the incense off the altar, put it in the censer, and take it wherever he wants to go. Let me show you one other image here to kind of get the whole picture. They are in the wilderness. They are they're, sometimes they're, they're camping here for days and then they got to pack all this up and, and move a million plus people to another location. But this is actually how it looked like is, is they had the outer courts here and the sacrifice the animals here and then they had the, 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 the inner courts and then the holies of holies. And then they encamped, a million plus people encamped round about the tabernacle or in the old covenant where the presence of God would dwell. Now, now here's what... I want you to see is that on the altar of sacrifice daily, they would sacrifice animals. They would have morning sacrifices and they would have evening sacrifices. It's, it's all in your Bible. I'm not telling you anything new. I'm sure you read your Bible, right? So they would have morning sacrifices. They would have evening sacrifices. And then there would be special occasions where they have, would have other sacrifices. And they were, they were specific kinds of animals, a sheep, a, you know, a lamb, a goat. Uh, you know, if, you did, if, you, if your family didn't prosper, you could use a turtle dove. But there were specific kinds of animals that were actually offered as a sacrifice on this altar of sacrifice. And so there was one day a year called the Day of Atonement where God required all the people to bring one animal per household to the temple to be sacrificed. So on that day, hundreds of thousands of animals were sacrificed. Can you imagine the scene a million plus, two million people? We're not quite for sure. We know at least a million. Every household bringing a lamb to be slaughtered on the altar, a sacrifice to see those priests. See, priests didn't wear suits. Well, I don't even wear a suit. But priests didn't wear suits in that day because they were always bloody. Are you listening to me? 
And so can you see the, the priests, they're wrestling the animals onto the altar, slicing their throats so the blood could, the blood can drain out. Can, can you imagine the, the, the horrific scene of that as the animals are squealing and bellowing and as they're being slaughtered? It's an awful, awful, bloody, gory, gruesome, ugly scene as a million-plus people bring their animals to be sacrificed. Um, if you've ever field-dressed an animal, I know most of you probably aren't hunters because you're from California. I'm a hunter. I understand a little bit about this. When my wife shoots the deer, I have to go clean it. <laughs> That's funny. Anyhow, and, and there's, there's nothing beautiful about that. See, you get to go to the restaurant, and somebody's already done all that for you. But, but it can be gruesome. Uh, it can be a bloody mess um, as you're field dressing an animal. And can you imagine the, as the millions of people brought their lambs? Can you imagine what that must have felt like, what that must have looked like? I I think what I'm trying to to, to get across is that this was not some kind of beautiful, holy moment. Uh, it 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 was a slaughterhouse, and especially on this day of atonement. Can you can you imagine what the smell must have been like? Uh, the stench of all these slaughtered animals, the stench of the blood, the stench of the guts of all these animals. Um, now, I know that seems rather cruel to us today, and some of you would wish that I, I'd get off of it and go on to something else and quit talking about all of that, but, but that's the point. That's what I want you to hear. I, I, I wish I could... I wish I could perfect that picture and that image in your, in, your, in your heart so that you could really get the reality of what happened on the Day of Atonement. Because on the Day of Atonement, that was just a type and a shadow and ultimately was, was showing them because the Bible says that that, that, that that blood covered their sin without the Shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So the animals shedding their blood is what covered their sin for a year. And, and what animals could not do, Jesus Christ, the lamb, without spot or blemish. Remember John the Baptist? Behold the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Some 2,000 years ago, God on the altar of sacrifice... It wasn't a beautiful scene. It was gory. It was ugly. It was horrific. It was, it, was, it was brutal. And he died for all of humanity. Is anybody thankful at celebration that your sins has been forgiven? So here is this wretched, horrific smell throughout the camp. And here's what would, would happen, and this is what I want you to catch as I begin to really close this service up. I know you're probably shocked, but I'm really coming to a close here. 
Here's this horrific, wretched, horrific smell throughout this camp in this area. And here's what the priest would do. They would go and they would get their censer. And they would rush into the inner court to the altar of incense. And they would fill their censer with that God-ordained perfume. And then they would rush out into this area where all the sacrifices had been made, where all the horrific pain and all those horrific smells and those priests would begin to swing and sling that sweet-smelling aroma over all that death and over all that pain and over all those smells. Are you getting the picture? In fact, I, I, in study, I actually seen pictures showing where priests would, would have as many as three or four censers in their hands, just slinging them, just slinging them, slinging that sweet-smelling aroma, that God-inspired perfume. And just when the people couldn't take the smell anymore, yeah, if you've ever been around bad smell, I mean, it'll make you want to gag. And and just when the people could not take it anymore, here comes the priest and here comes the censers and here comes the God-inspired perfume. In all of that death, in all that blood, in all of that pain, in all of that mess, here comes the incense. Come on, you got to hear me today. And that incense makes everything smell sweeter. I'm going to say it again. And that incense makes everything smell sweeter. All of a sudden, the people have relief. It helps them. It makes the unbearable bearable. And here's my point as the worship team comes back. The psalmist said this, don't miss it, that incense is a type of prayer. That incense is a type of prayer. Um, But in that situation, I want you to catch it here, the incense didn't change the reality of the situation. Did you hear that? Remember, David says, God, let my prayer go before you as incense. So incense is a type of prayer. But in this example that I just showed you in the Old Testament, the incense did not change the reality of the situation. Somebody's got to hear that today. Um, And don't get me wrong. Listen, I I believe God answers prayer. I'm I'm a praying machine. I've seen God answer too much for me to stop now. I've seen, you know, speaking to my brother, one of the very first miracles I've ever seen in my life is like at, at a, at a, as a 19, 20-year-old kid is I laid hands on a lady that had cancer and God miraculously healed her of cancer, took it all away. I've seen the supernatural. I've seen, I've seen blind eyes open right up in front of me as I've laid hands on them. I, I believe God answers prayers. I believe in miracles. I believe that God still heals I believe that God can still do the impossible. You should pray because God still answers. Yet, yet you got to hear it today. you got to keep this in perspective, but you need to hear this aspect also. 
I've lived long enough to see that sometimes the answers that we want in prayer, they don't come. It just didn't come the way I wanted it to come. And this is what I need you to know today is sometimes the incense doesn't change the situation like you'd want it to be changed. But what this incense does is it changes you. Changes you. It empowers you. It enables you to get through and to overcome what you're trying to get through and to overcome. There, there, is, there is great power available to them that will pray. Uh, that, that's the point if you're saying, hey, pastor, what's the point of this message? Well, here it is. I'm giving you it at the end of the message. Usually I always give it at the beginning, but here's the, here's the point of the message. Prayer won't always change your circumstance, but prayer will always change you. Come on, somebody shout. What, what are you saying? You see, life can begin to stink, huh? Life can get messy. Things can happen that become really horrible that you don't know how to deal with. You don't know what to do with the, the ugliness of the situation. It's horrific. It's gruesome. It's painful. But there's a power in prayer. There's a sweetness <laughs> in prayer. Come on. I'm not just talking about the answer. I'm talking about a bigger perspective of prayer. There's a power in prayer. There is a sweetness in prayer. In that painful, horrific situation. Listen, prayer not, may not solve every problem in your life instantly. But I'm here to tell you, prayer will sweeten up your life and make life worth living. Why pray? Because it turns ugly situations into something that you can deal with. Now, 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 it's not about this. It's about this. Because I don't want you to go to the Bible bookstore and get one of these. I want you to open one of these. Because if you pray... When, when you're dealing with ugly situations in your life and painful situations in your life, when you have stinky situations in your life, I'm here to tell you, yes, we want the answer. Yes, we believe for the answer. Yes, we fight for the answer. But I'm here to tell you there's still a benefit when you sling the prayer, when you, when you allow the incense to cover that situation. It just sweetens your life and it empowers you to get through what you need to get through. Here's what I know. If you're not slinging the prayers, you're, you're gonna get ugly with your ugly situation. And that's the reason why so many people, God didn't do for them what he wanted, they wanted him to do. And so what happens? They just stop praying. And you always look at those people and they become as bitter and as ugly as the situation itself. I'm so thankful 
that I didn't stop on prayer just because I didn't understand about my brother's situation. I'm so thankful that I just kept slinging prayers because why? It just sweetened my life up. I was able to move on. I was able to overcome. I was able to get through the painful moment. Come on, I'm just trying to help somebody today. You see, it turns that ugly situation into something that you can deal with. Uh, Let's be real, right? Since we're in church, you can't bring that dead child back. You can't bring that loved one back. But you can pray. You can pray. And you can make life sweeter. Come on. Prayers are like incense, the Bible says. Incense is a type of prayer. And when you pray, I'm not talking about when you pray, you are releasing a God-ordained perfume into that situation. Woo! I don't know about you. Come on. So many of us have made it about the answer. And then when we didn't get the answer, we stopped praying. No, you got to keep believing. you got to keep praying. Why? Because it releases a God-ordained perfume in that situation. And it just sweetens the whole thing. Come on. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Come on, Madeira Fresno. Clovis, is anybody receiving this today? And I, if I was a preacher, I'd start preaching right now. I'm feeling it coming on right now. So what about that aged parent that you have? You know, dealing with dementia. I'm almost done. You can hang in here just another second. I didn't even give you the 12. Think about the first service, 12 reasons why you just get in the end of the service. So, so what do I do with the, the aging parent, dementia? I'm praying. I'm believing. But God's not answering my prayer. It doesn't seem like the answer's coming. What do I do? You keep praying. You keep believing. You keep releasing your faith and believe for the impossible. But I'm here to tell you, this isn't just about the answer. It's about releasing a God-ordained perfume in that situation that will help you get through what you're trying to get through because if you ever stop praying in that situation you're going to get mean and bitter and offended at God and I'm just here to tell somebody you better start slinging your prayers over that situation come on over that child you've been praying about and you're not seeing any difference you keep praying because I'm here to tell you you're releasing a God ordained perfume you're making that situation sweeter I'll close with this, this truth. Hear it at all of our campuses. The further they were from the altar of incense, the more things stunk. Did did you hear that? God's people, the further they were from the altar of incense, the more things stunk because the incense It was the perfume. I'm just here to tell you, the further you are from prayer in your life, the more things are going to stink in your life. Because prayer makes much power available. 
and it sweetens even the painful, ugly things of your life. When God doesn't seem to answer the way you want him to answer. If your life is is painful and ugly and stinky, I'm here to tell you the answer is still prayer. Because prayer isn't just about getting something. It's about allowing the God-ordained perfume and power to touch that situation. How am I going to get through what I'm going through? You've got to pray. That's what prayer Somebody ought to start slinging some prayers. Come on, over your marriage, over your family, over your finances. Come on, you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. There is a power. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Hit all of our campuses. Would you stand to your feet? Nobody moving, nobody leaving. Hopefully there in Madeira, Fresno. Hopefully you got this today. How many of you, this helps? I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. We're going to give an opportunity for people to get saved. And I just want to ask, nobody leaving at all of our campuses, just out of a respect of the decisions getting ready to be made. We promise you we're getting ready to get you out of here. And I know the temptation, let's beat the crowds, let's get to the, let's get to the food. Let's, but, but, but what if God really wanted to do something right now? I want to pray for you before you leave today. Father, all of our campuses, God, I did my best today to, to just try to give another perspective of what your word teaches us about prayer. And God, for those that have just so isolated it about answers, and God, we believe you answer prayer. We're so excited that you answer prayer, God. But God, I pray today that, that God's celebration at all of our campuses, we just have a, another perspective that, that prayer is not just about the answer, but it's about the empowerment. It's about the It's about, God, the God-ordained perfume that just sweetens up life and makes everything better, even when we don't understand everything. God, I pray that you would release, you would release your power into people's lives today. God, perhaps there's people here, they've prayed and they've been disappointed because, because it didn't happen or didn't work out the way they wanted it to. God, would you, would you bring healing to them right now? God, the the prayer that releases God, that that odor, God, that that sweet smelling aroma that just sweetens up their life. God, would you bring healing to all in every campus, in every situation, we pray. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you just to leave your eyes closed, your heads bowed. At all of our campuses, before we close today, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you slipped into one of our locations today, and you don't, you know you're not right with God. So I said earlier, Jesus died upon the cross to take our sins away, to remove them. But that doesn't happen automatically. You have to receive him into your life. You, you have to pray what the Bible says talks about the prayer of repentance to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's already done everything for you that he needs to do. All you need to do is now receive him. And perhaps you're here in this service in Clovis, Fresno, Madeira, and man, you you just don't have that relationship with God. Or you'd say, you know what, I once did, but, but I haven't been living for God. I need to rededicate my life. I have good news for you. 
God is running towards you right now. God is looking for you. God sent his son to die upon that cross because he, he is crazy, madly in love in you, with you. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And he will respond to the prayer to receive him as Lord and Savior. If that's you, I'm looking in Clovis here. Believers praying. This is your moment to pray in all of our locations. If that's you, you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life. If you, any of those two invitations, that's you. Would you just raise your hand? Say, Pastor, that's me. I just want to see. I want God to see. Come on, hold it up with just boldness. Hold it up high. And Clovis, so many hands are going up. I'm sure in Madeira and Fresno the same. Man, we rejoice with you. You can put your hands down. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Mean it with all your heart. Say this. Say, Father God, today I receive Jesus into my heart. Take control of my life. I believe that Jesus died for me, took my, took my sin, and I receive right now the free gift of eternal life. Father, forgive me. Forgive me of all my sins. And with your help, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.